no sameness, no otherness. And that is the nature of all that uh, that is. When you look into uh, the family album, you see you as uh, a five-year-old boy, a five-year-old girl, and you ask, am I the same person with this little boy, or I am a different person? Because now you look so different from the little boy. Your form, your feelings, your perceptions, your mental formation, your consciousness are very different from the five aggregate of the little boy. So you are not the same with the little boy that used to be you. But you are not a diff- totally different person either. So the truth is that you are neither the same nor a different one. We know that uh, this plant of corn is the continuation of the, the, the kernel of corn that we planted uh, several weeks ago. And uh, the green corn is still alive. And even we do not see it in the form we used to see, it's always there. We cannot remove the grain of corn out of the plant of corn. It is there in every cell of the corn stalk. So with those of us uh, who know how to look deeply, we can see the presence of the kernel of corn in every cell of uh, the corn stalk. The same thing is true uh, with our parents. We may think that our father has uh, passed away, has died, but our father is always alive in us. And we can get in touch with our father in every cell of our body, and you can talk to your father. Daddy, I know you are there. So a conversation between the son, the daughter, and the father is always possible. Even if uh, the image of the father you used to know is no longer there. So the form of the kernel, corn kernel, is no longer there. But kernel of corn is always there in other form. It's like um, this uh, glass of tea. This, uh, the tea in this glass is the continuation of the cloud yesterday floating in the sky. So the, the cloud has not really died. The cloud has become the tea. And when you look into the tea, you see your beloved cloud. Hello, my dear little cloud. I know you are still there. And the tea can talk to the cloud. The cloud is inside of the tea. My, my cloud, you are my ancestor. 
Yesterday you were in the sky and I was with you also. Now I am in this cup in the form of tea and you are in me. So the, so, so, so the tea can talk to the cloud and the cloud has not died. We have learned that it's impossible for a cloud to die. To die means from something you become nothing. But it is impossible for a cloud to become nothing. It becomes rain or snow or ice, but never nothing. So death is not possible. Uh, if we uh, look deeply into the heart of uh, things, we find out that everything has the nature of no birth and no death. The cloud has not been born. It just manifests in the form of a cloud. The cloud has not come from nothing. The cloud has not come from the realm of non-being into the realm of being. Before taking the form of a cloud, the cloud had been the water in the ocean. So it has not come from nothing. So the nature of the cloud is the nature of no birth and no death. And not only the nature of the cloud is like that, no birth and no death, the nature of everything is no birth and no death. The nature, your nature, is impossible for you to die. You can never die. And interestingly enough, modern science agrees with that. We think of the, of, uh, the first law of thermodynamics, the law of conservation of matter and energy. We know that uh, matter cannot be destroyed. Matter cannot be created. You can transfer one kind of matter into another kind. You can transform matter into energy. You can transform one kind of energy, energy into another kind of energy. But you, and you can trans, transform energy back into matter. But you cannot create matter or energy, and you cannot destroy it. So the nature of matter and energy is the nature of no birth and no death. And Antoine Lavoisier has said it very beautifully. Rien ne se crée, rien ne se perd. Nothing is born, nothing dies. That is the truth. So our cosmic body, we have a physical body, but we have our cosmic body. Our cosmic body is the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, nothing is born, nothing dies. The true nature of reality. And we have a beautiful example uh, yesterday. Uh, the image of a wave. When we uh, look into a wave that appears on the surface of the ocean, we have the impression the wave is uh, fragile, impermanent. 
wave air has uh, her own body, wave body, like we have a physical body. But the wave also has her water body, ocean body. And the moment when the wave realizes that she has a ocean body, she loses all fear. And she enjoys going up, she enjoys going down. She's no longer fearful because she's capable of touching her ocean body. If uh, the wave suffers because uh, she only knows that she has a wave body, she has a beginning and end, she has to go up and to go down, she is not the other wave. And all these notions, beginning, ending, birth and death, going up and going down, make her suffer a lot. But the moment when she realizes that she is water and her ground is water, she loses all these notions and fear and anger and jealousy and she is happy. She enjoys going up, she enjoys going down. So when you touch your true nature, you are free from birth and death. Imagine the cloud in the sky. She has, the cloud has his, um, his ocean body also, because the cloud has come also from, from the ocean. The cloud has his cloud body but it also has his ocean body. Uh, when you look at uh, the cloud body, you have the impression that that is something fragile, impermanent. But if uh, the cloud uh, realize that uh, he has uh, a water body, an ocean body, and then he's no longer afraid of dying because dying is, is impossible. To die is impossible. Interestingly enough, uh, the teaching of no birth and no death go, goes perfectly with the uh, finding of uh, modern science. Things change, but they do not, they are not born, they do not die. Rien ne se crée, rien ne se perd. To se transform. And that is the first uh, characteristic of the visions of the seat in Alaya Vishnana, uh, store consciousness. We have, uh, we have uh, blood ancestors. Our father, our mother, our grandfather, our grandmother, they are alive in us. Don't think that they have died. It's impossible for our ancestors to die. It's like the grain of corn. She's always alive in the plant of corn. And the plant of corn carries the seed of corn always with her. So we, we carry our father, our mother, our ancestors, in every cell of our body, and we can talk to them at any time. And when you walk, our ancestors walk. And if you can make a peaceful uh, 
uh, happy, joyful uh, steps. Our ancestors enjoy these uh, happy, peaceful, joyful uh, steps at the same time. So you do not work just for yourself. You work for your ancestors. And when you breathe in mindfully and enjoy the fresh air, and your ancestors in you also breathe in at the same time and enjoy the fresh air. Because their nature is the nature of no birth and all that. And we also have our spiritual ancestors, Mohammed, Jesus, Buddha, Abraham. We are the continuation of our ancestors. We have to find our ancestors in us, the safest place to be in touch with our spiritual ancestors is in us. If you are a good practitioner of Christianity, and then Jesus is always alive in yourself because he is your ancestor, spiritual ancestors. And when you walk, he walks with you. When you breathe, he walks with you. He breathes with you. So Jesus Christ is always available in our daily life. The same thing is true with a Buddhist practitioner. If we practice mindful walking, mindful breathing, the Buddha in us practices mindful breathing, mindful walking at the same time, and the Buddha is always alive in us. Jesus Christ is always alive in us because we have received the teaching, we are born spiritually from our, our root teacher, and that is why it's possible for us to talk, to, to dialogue with our ancestor, spiritual ancestor, at any time. Like uh, the plan of God, she knows that the corn kernel is still alive, and she can talk to the corn kernel at any time. <laughs> In the case you have, uh, you had a difficult ancestor, a difficult father, difficult mother. In the case there is a difficult relationship with the father, with the mother, with the brother, and uh, we can still talk to them and help them to transform in us. This is a, a good practice. Suppose uh, our father had a lot of difficulties, and there's a lot of suffering in him, a lot of difficulties in him, but he did not know how to take care, to handle, to transform the suffering in him. And that is why he remained always the victim of his own suffering. And his suffering is transmitted to you. That is why sometimes you suffer and you don't know why you suffer. Because the suffering of the father has been transmitted to the son or the daughter. And you can talk to your father inside. Daddy, I know that you suffer quite a lot. You were not lucky. You had not met a spiritual friend, a teacher, 
I did not know how to transform. But now I have the chance to meet a spiritual friend, the teaching and the teacher, and I'm going to practice in order to transform the suffering in me, and that is uh, your suffering also. If I transform the suffering in me, and then you are transformed also in me. So everything you do for yourself, you do for your father, your mother, and your ancestors. There are young people who are so angry at their father that they cannot talk to their father. They cannot look at their father. And they, they can say, that person, I don't want to have anything to do with him. And there are young people who say like that. It looks like they don't want to have anything to do with their father. But the hard fact is that they are the continuation of their father. They are their father. It's impossible to remove the, their father from them. It's like uh, this plant of corn. Suppose she's angry at the corn kernel, and she wants to remove the corn kernel from, from her. It's impossible. And that is why there is only one way to do to recognize your father inside of you and try to understand the suffering and try to transform. There is uh, that uh, practice. Breathing in, I see myself as a five-year-old boy or girl. Breathing out, I smile to five-year-old boy or girl in me. Breathing in, I see the five-year-old boy or girl in me is a fragile, vulnerable. Breathing out, I feel a lot of compassion for that little boy and that little girl in me who was me. And then, breathing in, I see my, my father as a five-year-old boy. Because our father had been also a fragile, a vulnerable little boy also. And as a fragile, vulnerable little boy, he suffered also. So when we are able to see the suffering of our father, suddenly our anger disappears. When we see the suffering and the origin of the suffering in our father, we don't want to punish him in anymore. Instead, we want to do something, uh, to say something, to help him suffer less. Our anger has transformed into compassion. So meditation has that power. When you recognize the suffering, when you recognize the suffering, when you begin to understand the nature of suffering, in him or in her, compassion is born in your heart. And when compassion is born, you don't suffer anymore. You don't want to punish anymore. You can say nice, nice thing to him or to her. You can listen with compassion. You can restore communication. You can help him or her suffer less. And you can bring about uh, reconciliation. And that can be done quickly also.
So we need, uh, we need uh, insight in order to make uh, compassion born in our, in our heart. Daddy, I know you have suffered so much in the past many years. I have not been able to help you to suffer less. And yet I have reacted in such a way that has made you suffer more. I'm sorry. It's not my intention, Daddy, to make you suffer. That's just because I have not seen the suffering in you. I have not understood the suffering in you. So please, Father, tell me of your suffering, of your difficulties. Please help me to understand. I know that if I understand your suffering, I will not react like the way I have and make you suffer more. Please help me. That is the kind of speech called a loving speech that you can use when there is compassion in your heart. And when you speak like that, he will open his heart and tell you about what is in your heart. And that practice of deep listening is very healing. Listening with compassion, you make a person suffer less. And then you can restore communication and heal the wounds. Even if the, if uh, your father is no longer in the form that you used to, to recognize. Many decades ago, two decades ago, there was a young American who came to the upper hamlet here at the practice. And uh, he had his homework. Uh, write a love letter to your mother. And you do walking meditation, sitting meditation, two or three days, uh, reflecting on your mother, and then you sit down and write the love letter. That is a meditation. And he was able to write a wonderful letter and reported that uh, in the beginning he was very doubtful because he, he was angry at he, his mother. He could not communicate with his mother. But because it is uh, an exercise of meditation, that is why he had to write a letter. But in order to write a letter, he had to practice uh, breathing in and out and calm his emotion and look into reality as it is. So during these two or three days, he found out many, many virtues of his mother. Because when you are angry at someone, you only remember what is not pleasant in him or in her. But when you have enough time to look, and you can discover many wonderful things in him or in her. So with that kind of discovery, he was able to write every, every, uh, a very beautiful letter. And after having finished the letter, he feel wonderful has uh, found, he has uh, rediscovered his mother again. He has a new mother. And when his mother read the letter, she was transformed. She rediscovered her beloved son. And she was healed. They, they were able to reconcile just because of one letter. And she wrote to him, my son, 
I am so happy that you wrote that letter. I rediscover my beloved son. I am very proud of you. And uh, I want to, to write a letter like that to my mom, your grandma. Because I did have difficulties with your, with your grandma. But now she has passed away. I have no chance to write such a letter. And that is why recognition is no longer possible when the other person has died. The young man in Upper Hamlet wrote back and said, Mother, write it anyway, because my grandma is always alive in you. If you sit down and look deeply, you see that grandma is always present in every cell of your body. And as you, you continue, uh, you begin to write letter, my grandma begins to read it right away. So that is uh, possible with the insight of no birth and no death. The non-duality between um, father and son, mother and daughter and son is wonderful. And uh, the restoration of communication, the reconciliation with the other person can take place in just a few days of practice. So if you have some difficulties in your relationship with your father, with your mother, with your partner, don't allow it to, don't allow the situation to continue. With the practice, you can transform the situation. The practice of mindful breathing, the practice of mindful walking, to calm down our feelings, our emotions, and allow us to look deeply and to rediscover and uh, restore our beautiful relationship. <laughs>